Hello, Aaron's really upset today. I don't know why, but somehow it's pretty upset. <laughs> I don't want this on the internet. Broadcasting from London XL, it's the 17th of October, and you're listening to Salonomics. The Bitcoin price is currently $62,000. One dollar gets you about 1,700 satoshis. I am your host, Aaron Dawn, and joining me once again in person from Salon International is my hair, Joe Mehmet. Right, okay then, we are here, London XL. It's Sunday the 17th of October. And you're listening to Salonomics. We have been at the show since 12 o'clock. Two hours, two and a half hours. Two and a half hours so far. It's, I mean, it's a lot busier today than it was yesterday. I came yesterday and it was pretty much a ghost town. So I remember we was talking in the um, last week's show about, you know, I wonder what Salon had in store oh, for yes. us. So Joe, what? Did Salon have in store for you? Tonight? Well, it's, it's exactly what I expected. Uh, bleep, 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 bleep. What does that, what does that mean? Well, I mean, I had to bleep those words out. Oh, <laughs> Simple okay. as that, really. It's, and you know, the sad thing is, right, is that Salon International, is, I see more barbers than hairdressers. All right, there's, there's a tools on a trade, but there's more barbering than actually hairdressing, per se. Well, there's extension, there's a little bit of shows here and there. But again, there's... Oh, hang more... on, hang on, we've got seven foot guy. Oh, yeah. Is that what you call them these days? No, with a long like wig, that. green yeah. hair. It's, it's an it, isn't it? He's got his arse out. He's, he's full, full he's kids wearing, of it. He's wearing platform shoes. He's got his bum out. Yeah. And he's, literally he's walking around wearing half a dress. And he's really proud of himself. He's, and he's got his boobs out. He's got his man boobs out. You'd be proud of those yeah. man boobs. Yeah. Oh, mate. God, with the titillators on. Oh, my God. I mean, look. Is that, is that the technical term? Yeah, the titillators, yeah. The, the oh, it's like the Adita Von Tees. Yeah, that's right. Ah, the gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. look, it's, I'm glad I came so I could criticise it. But I'm really not in a rush to come back, really, in many ways at one. Yeah, like I always sort of said about these shows, it's full of hairdressers. I just don't understand it, really. Well, I mean, that's kind of advertised. Um, if it wasn't full of hairdressers, I'm not sure who this would um, well, I, be targeted towards. I, well, I think it should be targeted, look. It should be sort of like, you've got hairdressers, you've got salon owners, you've got independent hairdressers, yeah, you know, barbers. And yet, it just seems to be so noisy with, with so many things because I mean, as, as in sort of like freelancers, we're looking for specific things. So you've got to walk around. It's like Ikea. You, in order to get to a certain point, right, you have to go through the beginning to go to the right. end. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, and then you, you think, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I mean, it's interesting. I don't, it's quite good to see everybody out and, out and about, that type of thing. But yeah, I, I kind of think that it's coming to his end of days, I think. Unless the unless the show organisers start coming up with sort of new innovative ideas, I, I can't. I kind of see the end of days, really. Do you? 
No Salon automates your retail process. We connect you and your client to a distributor online that will fulfill your order and send it direct to your customer. This enables all of our users to earn commission without any extra work. It's that simple. Sign up today, gosalon.uk. I mean, I think that's just you being a bit of a stick in the mud, you know, being in the industry for 40 years. I can see there's lots of excitement on a lot of the young people's faces here, mate. You know, look at the context. Two years of none of this. And, you know, this is really the first opportunity that most young people have had to get back in the room to actually have physical contact with their fellow monsters, right? <laughs> yeah, but like... Are they? I mean, yeah, I, I can understand. Yeah, I can see the event, the whole excitement of the event and the youngsters. But really, is it that exciting? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just, like you said, sticking in the mud. Um, it, it really isn't for me. But having said that, I did come across a hairdryer that I quite liked. Okay, do you want to tell us a bit about the hairdryer that you quite liked? Well, yeah, I just, it was, straight, it was slim, slim lined. Very sort of Dyson-S, but it, it was like a pistol, like, like a like this sort of like Star Wars pistol, like a, like a, a laser gun. You know what I mean? Okay, so it 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 kind of a, um, appealed to your childish exactly, size of when you, you used to want to be a cowboy, yeah, you, right? No, 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 okay. no spaceman. Yeah, okay. you can sort of see right. You've been doing a hairdryer game. Me, 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 me. So what the 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 hairdryer you're talking about is the Gamma. Gamma IQ hairdryer, right? Yeah, yeah. It's very, uh, it's like a T shape, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's quite an unusual uh, hairdryer shape. I know uh, our friend Mr. John Coronado swears by them. Um, They're 185 pounds at the show, so it'd be interesting to see, um, you know, how how well they get on. What's the, I know Dyson, Dyson's got a good, interesting stand here, mate. They have been promoting their cordless uh, straightening iron. Now, my first impression about the straightening iron is quite heavy, very, quite bulky, awkward. And if I dropped it, there's a fear that that's broken that, forever. That will be. And and I think look, all these product companies, right? That's what they want you to do. They want you to drop it because you know they want you to buy more. Now, these things are built for last, really. If you look after them, it will last. But a hairdryer's lifespan is about what? A year, the motor, and constantly running. So they want you to sort of drop it. Yeah, you will drop it. Most hairdressers are light-handed. Yeah, I mean, it's unusual, in my opinion, because obviously your hairdryer, you want the hairdryer to be really light, right? So why would you want a really heavy straightening iron? I don't know, like I say, I don't know. It's got to be the battery, it's got to be the battery. Yeah, of course, of course. No, they can't do anything about that. I I think it's like going back to the air rack when we was looking at that, when that first came out. The first iteration is always going to be a bit odd. Yeah. And then they're going to get feedback and then people are going to say, oh, I like this, I didn't like that. Um, I'm going to post some pictures on the Salonomics Telegram channel. We took pictures of it all, so you can see it, see it for yourself. Right, so then, Joe, let's uh, map out what we did when we got here. So we met up with the A-team, didn't we? We met up with the Neville Daniels team. Yeah, so hello, Eleanor and my niece and the crew. 
And then when we came in, obviously we made a beeline for the Dyson stand. Uh, I don't know about you, Joe, but the Dyson stand, I mean, they do do things very cool. It seemed to me a little bit like like an exhibition at the Science Museum. A design museum. Yeah, it was like a design museum yeah. piece. It was like they'd literally taken the hairdryer apart. They'd brought down like the individual bits of the fan. But, but we don't have the clever lighting, because you know where they stand where there was a bit of lighting. So it looked really, really swanky. Yeah. It really did. But unfortunately, there's a lot of bodies around it, so it, it kind of loses that little bit of a design. But yeah, it, it is a bit like the design museum. The, the interesting thing, I mean, I have used the Dyson hairdryer, so I don't really rate it at all for the price. I really don't. But I did find the attachment that he had, it came with. What was that attachment called? Do you remember? Uh, what, what, on the air touch? No, yeah, it was the one with a curve on the hair. Oh, drive. I didn't hear what it was called. Yeah, um, so if you don't know what we're talking about, Dyson have created a few um, new nozzles. The attachments. They're yeah. trying to innovate the nozzles, which, I mean, it screams gimmick to me, but obviously, you know, it was quite interesting to go and have a look. So if you can imagine, if you can imagine a limp hand at the end of the actual hairdryer where the nozzle used to be, a very curved, curved nozzle that yeah. kind of points down. If you used to hold it parallel to the floor, well, the, 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 the nozzle would, yeah, I mean, the, the, the nozzle turns downwards rather than coming straight out the end. Uh, when we asked the uh, demonstrator what that was for, she said it was to push away the, the flyaways. Yeah, the smooth down. Now, this, this is it. Now, when I use the Dyson hairdryer, the handle is quite long, right? So when you break your wrist, so in order to smooth the ends of a, the hair, you've got to have the nozzle aimed at a certain angle. So when the airflow hits the hair, it comes down. With the Dyson hairdryer, it's very hard to do because the handle is quite hard to yeah. break the wrist. So you're going to get this sort of static hair. Yeah. This contraction, smooths it down. So what he's doing right is taking away the technique of the hairdresser's ability and making it easier to use. Now how effective it is I don't know. I'm not going to spend four or five hundred quid to find out either. Well this is the thing isn't it you know um, a 50 pound hairdryer pays for itself in two blow dryers if yeah. you're paying 25 quid. You got to do twelve blow dries to pay for that if you're paying twenty five quid. Well, so about twenty, isn't it? About twenty five pounds. Well, I mean, like I say, I mean, let's just say an average. Let's say an average blow dry cost. Yeah. I mean, I thought you had a formula for the cheapest blow dry cost. Yeah, it's about eighteen pounds. Yeah, it was about eighteen pounds. Yeah. 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 So you got to do twelve, twelve, maybe six hours work just to get your money back. So I, I don't know. I don't know if it's value. All I know from experience is when I've seen people using them in the salon, they go through three a year. Yeah, because you're dropping. Because, well, I don't know whether it's dropping. I think, I think I just think the the engine yeah, gives that, out. Well, see, again, right, look, most of the top hairdressers I know, because that's the sort of area that I'm from, none of them uses a Dyson hairdryer. None of them. And these guys charge about 60, 70 quid a blow dry, yeah, 80 quid a blow dry and they use a good old Parallax or the Gamma Pew. Yeah. Now, most people that use the Dyson hairdryer, I, I, it's hard to sort of say that them buying a Dyson hairdryer doesn't necessarily make them a better hairdresser. 
No, true. I mean, it, it makes you probably look the part because yeah. it is a nice looking tool, right? Is, is that the same? All the gear with no idea. <laughs> well, my thing is, when um, I was doing a little bit of market research when Dyson first come out, um, they obviously gave the Dyson hairdryer to quite a lot of hairdressers. Yeah, so yeah, so I would ask all the hairdressers, what do you think of the Dyson? And obviously, unanimously, it was like, oh, it's amazing, it's fantastic. Of course you're going to say that if you haven't paid a penny for it, <laughs> do you know right. what I mean? Yeah, it's like a free meal, you don't yeah. want to slag it off. Yeah, no, you no. know, yeah. So. Hey, look, I was a perfect example, you know, right, I actually bought a hairdryer for Dyson, what, two years ago? I bought one two years ago. I used it for a week. We actually did a YouTube demonstration as well. Right? Which is still on YouTube. Yeah. You can find it. So uh, the air, the, the, uh, it was the air wrap, weren't it? Air, we did the air wrap. And we, 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 we sort of put it apart. And then what I did, a week later, I put it on eBay and I sold it. Yeah. And, and that's another thing about eBay, right? Is that there's more Dyson hair dryers being sold on eBay than any other brand. Yeah. Really. So it tells you what people think of it. Interesting. Uh, any other thoughts about Dyson? What you saw at the st Not their really. stand? I mean, it did grab an awful lot of attention, but I think people just want to sort of think, "Wow, it's more of a wow stand." Because, it, like you said, it belongs to a design museum rather than a hairdressing um, sort of like exhibition. Yeah, I, I agree. Just I concur with that. I just think uh, Dyson essentially brought the Apple kind of design edge to hairdressing equipment and and in a way i mean dyson did raise the bar because they broke that 300 pound barrier for a hairdryer yeah. you know hair dryers back in the day maximum 80. you'd pay 80 90 pounds right so all of a sudden you've now got these other tools on the market which are now competing probably a bit more professional based tools you know that are 200 pounds so um you know me is it innovation is it inflation you know, is it a bit of both? Who knows? But um, there's clearly a, a big market for the Dyson. I think it's probably more of a personal yeah. hair dryer rather than a professional hair dryer. 100%. 100%. It's, it really is not... No, it's designed by professional hairdressers, apparently so, but designed for more of a consumer market rather than a professional market, really. I, I just can't see it. Because, again, why would you want to change... Uh, uh, a hairdryer that you're happy with for something that you're not going to be happy with. So, um, the first stand that we kind of reached, um, we walked through the crowds, didn't we? Yeah. The crowds were huge, and then we realised what was going on. Yeah. Uh, fundamentally, there was a live sex show <laughs> happening on stage. Um, there was the sex. Yeah, it was like RuPaul's Drag Race yeah, on stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was the infamous Sophia Hilton, Not Another Salon. They were doing... Uh, I mean, I really enjoyed the so show. Did I, actually. So did I. So I, did I. I think it was... Obviously, it was, it was bang on trend, weren't it? You know, there was lots of uh, men in, in high heels and Very naked nice. guys with their butts out, cavorting around the side. But the hair was... Impressive, right? Well, the hair looked great. The hair did look great. The sad thing was, was that there were wigs, weren't there? There were extensions. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you can imagine these guys 
had hair all the way down their bums. So that, that was all they were wearing over their derrieres, shall we say. Sort of like uh, Lady Godiva on a, on a horse, like, you know, we just saw there. But no, but that, was, that was a sad thing. I think if they actually used real women, all right, without, without the, the tits and bums, but with the, with the colours of things, like, I think it would have been quite a spectacular show. But using guys, which is fun, but using the hair extensions to show their showpiece, I think that kind of like, uh... Look, as far as it goes, I think Sophia Hilton stands on her own. She's very provocative. Um, she's do Yeah, she's totally very, very pro provocative. Everything she kind of does, you know, this is why she's probably the most popular hairdresser in the UK in is terms she? of her social media audience. Really? Yeah, her social media audience is obviously very colorful. The work that she does is obviously, as you, you seem to be the only person here that doesn't know who she is. So she is, um, she's a, a young girl who's got a very, very trendy, very fashionable salon in Shoreditch okay. called Not Another Salon. They specialize in crazy colors. She is the ambassador for crazy color. Um, and hence, you know, there's a lot of the neon colors, a lot of the bright colors. I, I liked it. I mean, I could I could have watched it all day. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm not saying it was a bad. I quite liked it too. It's just that, you know, but it different. It was completely different to every other show yeah. that we've seen. Yeah. You know, I, I, and I, I, she she has the the cojones to get away with it. I suppose. I know she's got a crowd going. That's for yeah. sure. If, if she I was, that was all her stuff. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I mean, if she was if that was her first show here and she only had 500 followers on Instagram, would there be a complaint about what she did? You know, it's yeah. probably you know she probably can get away with with doing it. Well, it's very apt though, isn't it? So like the whole. Um issues that we have in today's world right is she he or is she or what what is it you know what i mean it's just hey, hey, look, they, 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 they gravitated to it didn't they it was the biggest it certainly was the biggest audience of any show here so um if you use that as its basic indicator hats off to her she nailed it So no Salon International show is complete without a complete display of all the BHA, British Hairdressing Award winners, and all of their images. Um, I mean, my takeaway from it today was it there was a smorgasbord of technique going on. There's lots of colour. There's lots of editorial. I mean, there, there was no, there was no real concepts in terms of. No, it wasn't the concepts. That's 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 the wrong word to use. There wasn't really anything standout-ish that was head and shoulders above, above anything else we saw. We saw there was some amazing Russian hairdressers. I did note that um, they seem to have a very very good cue for what is trendy and what is fashionable. Um, yeah, I mean, I love looking at the, the pictures, but I can never really make a decision about them. I think when, you're, when you see all of these amazing collections in one place, when you're bombarded with that many images, you're just looking for something to go, wow, what was, you know, how did they do that? What was that? I don't know. I think that's just me getting old, mate. I don't know about you. I, I, don't, I don't know. Look, you, you're, a lot more, um, you're a lot more aware of it than I am because, you know, you, you, 
you actually done more editorial work than I have, right? So you know what you're looking for. You're looking for a story. You're looking for a direction. I mean, what I've got to sort of say, I did like what I saw because everything was disconnected. There was no connection whatsoever. In in, in years gone by, right? Yeah, you know, this had to do this. This had to do that. But I look at the hairstyles. It really belongs to the film sets. I mean, they they could sort of do a dystopian film like a Mad Max type of thing and you got these sort of wacky hairstyles. Yeah. That is exactly what I saw because like, I think I saw and mentioned it before, some of the best haircuts I saw during lockdown were all homemade jobs. The strong fringes, the lopsidedness, the the the, the, um, the mullet look, it was all coming back really and I think the hairdressers of the contestants for the, hair, the British Heads of the Year Awards, they're actually being aware of what the, what the street, street is doing. Normally, it's always us trying to dictate to the street. It's the street dictating to us, really. And they actually picked it up on it. Hence why, you know, you've got this all short back, short sides and long back and like really, really short tops and wacky colours. There was some that were slightly exaggerated, I must be honest with you. Some I thought they were like pixelated. But uh, there was some really interesting. I don't think I will see it in a mainstream salon, but it was refreshing to sort of see that how they can disconnect the haircuts. I didn't like that. I really did. Yeah, um, short fringes seem to be um, a theme and strong, like you say, dystopian looks. There wasn't much expression. There was a lot of, um, what's the word? There was a lot of kind of strong face shapes and you know it's very serious it, it, it wasn't attitude was it it was an attitude it was it was almost um yeah depress depressing yeah. there was a lot of like bleak. i don't know at, yeah bleak yeah that's a good word there was a lot of bleak expressions like strong expressions yeah i don't know i don't know if you can read a you know from the whole collection of images that whether there was something the thread that connected them all um, but yeah, in terms of the actual photography and stuff, I like to look at a collection and I like trying to work out where the influence come yeah. from. You know, is that something that a previous hairdresser's done? Is that come from a film? Has that come from a magazine? You know, there was some heroin chic kind of stuff yeah, going cool. on. You know, it's very simple, very like uncontrived. Like I said, I think they got it from the streets. But then oh, there's the, but then there's people that put mops on people's oh, heads. That was, that was pathetic. Um, oh. So you know, there, there really was a big, eclectic, esoteric mix of all kinds of things. But the one thread that seemed to connect them all was a very much a blank, yeah. bleak expression on all of the I, models' I, face. I there, there wasn't anything fun. No. Like the hair colour. The hairstyles might have been fun, yeah. but nobody on set looked like they was having fun. I didn't notice, like, on the um, Afro hairdresser of the year, there was a contestant. Is he was Turkish. His name, Aishan, I, I, I can take Kemal, right? A Turkish guy. I mean, which is quite good, actually. Normally, like, you had Afro hairdressers, mainly black hairdressers, weren't there? But now you're getting a, a more diverse like, hairdressers also entering these... Uh, these categories, you know, like El Douglas is more the hairdresser of the year awards, you know, so like the, the European hair, so like, so it's quite good to see that it has broken down barriers as well. Ah, so here's my um, favourite 
part of the show, which is going around and checking out all the software companies, mate. Uh, my biggest takeaway from this is the ratio of salesmen on the software stands to the size of the stands. You know, hairdressing stands have big stands, and you know they've probably got I don't know two or three people on each side of the stand. Software, they have the smallest stands, and they've got eight people working on them. So I don't know what that says about the great thing. Well, yeah, it's interesting because we saw this software. I purposely wanted to avoid them. Because they're just going to say the same old, same old they were doing for um, for years. But we did come across one. I thought, okay, let's. They, a, a company called um, Digital Salon. I just wanted to pick their brain, really. They, they 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 were sort of saying the right words, but again, was it innovative? Was it a strong platform? I don't know. What do you make of it? Um, well. I ask the questions like, you know, how much is the software? Give me examples of, you know, the growth in the business. You know, what are you innovating? What are you doing? Um, and you know, it's 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 very much a generic. Well, we're doing online booking. We're trying to do SEO, get you at the top of Google. I mean, Richard, lovely guy, um, Irish fella. You know, we spoke to him at length, didn't we? For a good 10, 15 minutes, we told him about the show. So, Richard, if you're listening. Um, you know, leave us a review. You know, reach out to us, and uh, if anyone's looking for um, some digital digital salon software, um, they can kind of they, they create that whole package for you. But for me, this is where I think the technologists kind of they can't understand our industry because the whole inspiration for them creating the software for our industry they take from other industries such as restaurants retail fashion and they try and carbon copy that same software and they basically just try and well there's hairdressing they still use you know old-fashioned diaries you know we must be able to get it in there must be able to sell them something but when you dive down into the numbers and when the cost of these softwares are hundreds of pounds a month, and they promise to get you 10, 20, 50 new clients a month, you know, there's a lot of money on advertising, there's a lot of digital spend going on there, which when you break it down, that's a lot of clients you need to service in order just to pay for the software. And I think this is where a lot of the software companies don't seem to understand where our industry is going we're very self-sustaining businesses we literally just need our mobile phone and an instagram account for many years but when i asked him what the disruptive nature of the next you know what is the next thing you know because google are obviously building all these tools that people can use for free google business google business you know google my business so you know i understand they're trying to build a bespoke website for a salon I think he said anywhere between 1500 and four grand yeah, to build a salon two and a half was the average. you know two and a half thousand pounds for this for the actual website which is great if you're a big salon business which probably only 10% of the industry are yeah. you know but two grand that's a that's half an apprentice's salary <laughs> Well, see, this, this is the thing that I find with these software companies, right? It's like you've got, you've got shortcuts, you've got Sun IQ, you've got 
poor S, whatever, they, they, I can't pronounce it, right? Now, if you look at shortcuts, let's say Richard Wall Salon, Neville Salon, right? They, they're going to be charging X amount of money, and their blow dries about, what, 60, 70 quid? And then you've got Auntie Ethel's in Peckham Monastery, who blow dries, I'd say, 25 pounds. Shortcuts can be the same costing for them yeah. as they are for um, Richard. So why do they sort of like try and work to their to the to the salon's um, strengths and weaknesses and charge accordingly? They charge across the board. So obviously Richard Ward's type of salon is going to benefit more from shortcuts than Auntie Ethel's type of salon. Yeah. Hence why this Richard was sort of saying is still surprised that many salons do use pen and paper because it's cost-effective for them. And also, they're staying under the radar, yeah. as to speak. And that's what I was saying to him. So they should try and actually sort of make a more level playing field where they can look at the, um, the salon and say, we will charge it accordingly rather than across the board. Do you, do you know what I mean? Oh, I'm sure they have got bespoke pricing, you know. I think, think, yeah, from my understanding, you know, Slick was another one that kind of come into the salon I was working at a couple of years ago. Um, it still defies logic that the salon I worked at literally handed over the entire database and paid them for the privilege. Exactly. Um, exactly. So that still blew my mind that um, you know these business models still exist and they've not innovated their business model like what Joe's saying. They're charging Richard Ward the same price as Ethel's. But what they don't seem to understand is I need to train a receptionist to pay a specialist receptionist so now you're talking, okay, the software might cost two, three grand a year, plus the initial cost of four grand, plus we've got to pay a receptionist 18 grand a year. Yeah. Ethel's is just going to have a four grand a year apprentice that picks up the phone and say, hey, hey how are you doing? You know, and this is, this is those, those massive costs that I keep talking about. Digital costs and digital spend for salons since Facebook, since everyone started using Facebook and Instagram to try and promote for new clients. You know, even if they're doing SEO, even if they're putting Google ads out there, which they're probably not, you know, the digital spends are thousands and thousands of pounds a year and salon owners are very good at diverting funds from one area to another to pay for the growth areas. Salon owners are very receptive of what's growing what's not growing they don't need an excel spreadsheet that tells them oh you sold x amount of products maybe we can target you know this part of it the salon owner knows that they're doing a stock check every month he knows his market yeah, yeah. a salon owner right basically speaking someone like someone that works at lt ethels for example knows the market so they don't need some IT guys who say, you spend this amount of money, you can get that. They're not, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The sad thing is, they feel that they will get left behind too, really. So the industry forgets about them. Hence why there's a lot of noise about regulations, VAT, things like that, because they actually don't care about these salons. If they did, and the product companies and the IT guys, right, were aware of these things. It'd be a better, it'd be a better world for everybody. But right now, there's a lot of noise, but it really doesn't fit. It fits everyone's shoes. Yeah, which is why I like the beauty of Go Salon because there's zero barrier of entry. 
you know. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. Um, use it, earn money, don't use it, don't cost you anything. No commitment, no contract, you know. And I, I, and as we know, this is a business model which the younger generation have become accustomed to why over the you, last 10 years. Get, why do you get a stand here? Who, me? Yeah, for Ghost Salon. Um, because obviously we are a software company and all of our business is kind of done online. We're not in a position to onboard thousands of people. So because I couldn't hand out cards and say, come and sign up, come and sign up, because right. I would create myself a lot of work, well, you can, personally. Can you, can you get a little stand with just leaflets so people can just pick it up? No, this is the guerrilla way of doing salon, is obviously you bowl around without the commitment of a stand, yeah, yeah, Joe. Come yeah, on, yeah. you know me. Yeah, I know that, but I'm just sort of saying, right, it's getting awareness though, isn't it? It is awareness, but like I say, people come to these events to have a look at the pictures, have a look at the hairstyles, see the new things. Can you imagine, right, between the, um, between the pictures of the hairdressers of the year, right, you had ghost salon, just little... little <laughs> I think that's, that's a good guerrilla marketing tactic, that, Joe. I can definitely... I remember a little story from back in the day. Um, I remember Stafford's. Yeah. Um, this would have been, God, this probably would have been 2001. Uh, Lee got, I don't know, 10,000 pink Love Heart stickers okay. printed up. And they he basically got all the assistants to just go and stick them everywhere around okay. Salon. Oh, really? Was it? No, I think this was when it was at Wembley Arena. I think this particular show was at Wembley Arena. Um, if memory serves and it was quite interesting because I did a show for GK about 10 years ago and we had uh, a model section where we had to use the the, the, the sink yeah. and the taps because we would we would demonstrate in the Brazilian blow-dry things right anyway the shed the hot uh, the hot shower unit still had one of Lee's stickers stuck on it <laughs> 10 years later wow. and apparently Lee I'll have to I'll have to check with Lee but Lee apparently got in a hell of a lot of trouble because his assistants were sticking them on doors you know <laughs> sticking them in the toilets sticking them on other people's stands do you know what I mean so I think he made a lot of enemies but at the time that was very typical of Lee you know oh, he, he's, he's that's disruptive. what he's been disrupted well, well done, Lee. Well done. Yeah. Great. So, anyway, that's that's uh, yeah, that's uh, guerrilla marketing. I'm all for it. Uh, you don't need to spend fortunes on it. You just got to think outside the box sometimes. And, you know, here would have been a perfect opportunity, I think, for Ghost Salon because, mind you, though, how many people would have saw like there was what? How many people here? About two, three thousand? Oh, I had no idea. No idea. It's difficult to know because I think the actual show itself is probably it's probably a third of the size that it has been in previous yeah. years. Obviously, after the pandemic and everything, everyone's kind of getting back into the swing of things. Uh, I know personally, I reached out to a lot of my friends um, that usually that are here regular every year without fail, and a lot of them didn't even want to attempt to come this year. They were just going to. I mean, I don't know whether that's because they've changed their business models, where they don't necessarily need to rely on trade shows anymore. No, well, you don't, because at the end of day, right, you know, we're talking about online. If, you, if everybody's going online, why do you need these um, exhibitions? Yeah. Well, I think, like I say, I think di everyone's dipping their toe back in the water again, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm surprised, though, that I did, 
I'm going to see one cordless hairdryer. I'm really Is that what you want it to see yeah, today? Yeah, I really want to sort of see if someone had an inspirational cordless hairdryer. Well, we've seen the cordless straightener by yeah. Dyson. Dyson, yeah, but, you know. Yeah, okay. All right, next. So I'm pleased to report that Joe wasn't the oldest person in attendance at this show. <laughs> uh, yeah, met up with the famous Alan D. Yeah. Eddie's father. Yeah. Hi guys. I hope Spurs lost. <laughs> I can't wish you luck. Seriously, seriously. Anyway, it was. I was. I got to sort of say though, right? Like, you know. Why Eddie thinks I'm a miserable kid, I have no idea. Yeah, it must be something to do with some of your um, LinkedIn posts, which <laughs> don't translate. No, it doesn't. But I, I try to be that sort of typical British humour, the Monty Python, you know. You know, you say F off in a funny way, don't you? Like, you know, not in a, there's, there's two ways of saying F off, right? In a very funny way, or in a very aggressive way. Yeah. And I'm not an aggressive person, as you know. So I try to be funny, which is very British, I think. Context though, yeah. when it's written down, you haven't got your tongue in your cheek, you haven't got your nudge, nudge, wink, wink, so it doesn't work. Like, that's why you offend someone, and that's why your your posts get publicly reported. I know. I mean, I mean, he couldn't believe I've been banned on LinkedIn three times on Twitter, Facebook, everything. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, anyway, we finally met up, and hopefully, he understands my humour now. No, totally. Um, so what did you talk about then? I mean, obviously we were talking about um, the young, the younger generation. Obviously, Alan D's entire business model is about training apprentices. That's right. I think we, we, we touched on uh, what we actually knew best. Really, was going back to basics. Right? You know, we could we could bring back uh, the apprenticeship the way it was. Really, obviously there still is apprenticeship as such, but the training. I mean, he said right. You know, his first day in the salon. The, the boss right, threw a towel at him to clean the windows, you know. And I remember, so like, I was to hold a hair. If I didn't release the hair, I'd get cut with, with a comb, right, to say, wake up. I mean, these days, you'd be, you'd be done for assault, you could turn it for assault. Yeah. So all these narratives, right, has to be eliminated from our industry. And we did talk about how diverse we are. I mean, our industry's been very diverse from day one. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting point. Um, I can't remember if it was Edward or Alan. I think they were, they were both on the same page. And, and they were talking about the reason why they got into the industry was because they didn't want to conform with everybody else in society. Well, if everybody in society isn't conforming with society, there's no point of difference anymore, is there? So I think this is the, this is the problem. Um, with trying to attract the princes into our arena. We haven't got that point of difference anymore. You know, we need to promote the lifestyle and the fact that you can work anywhere you want, any hours you want, anywhere you want. You can earn any money you want, depending on what you put in. We're not at threat from AI or robots anytime soon. Well, well, well I, I think differently, but purely because of the narrative of today's world. But it was interesting, I mean, not, not sort of sounding any being discriminatory for that, but, but like, and, and Ali was sort of saying, right, he got into hairdressing because of, for a reason, 
Edward going to hairdresser because of a reason? Yeah, because they didn't want to confront. They they saw the people that yeah. were already that were already doing that well, was, and they looked different. Yeah, they was, looked was, different to the norm. Fun, like, well. It was yeah. a fun industry to be in. Yeah. You know, where can you meet girls? Where can you meet yeah. you know of, of different sexual orientations? Uh, we'll all be one big happy family. Yeah. You know, without no innuendos or no one's being upset yeah. or being hurt by by a comic, you know what I mean? It really was. I'm not sort of saying those were the better days, but it was fun. I think these days, it can still be fun, but somehow it needs to lighten up a little bit. But you you two were talking about exits, weren't you? And yeah. you were talking about retirement. Do you yeah. want to share a bit what you spoke about? Well, I mean, look, you know, every hairdresser eventually gets to a point right, where you have to consider exiting from the business because it's a diminution of skill it's one of those skills you know you might get the shakes you might your eyesight vision your hearing something eventually wears away and also your clients get older and they might lose their hair and all those yeah, they die they move away so up to a certain point you're great up to a certain point you become it starts to go downhill and, and i was saying to um, edward and alan right was that when i got to a certain age i started seeing my clients slowly um, not decreasing but slowly not being there for me so I thought well I'm going to start my own business I'm going to build it up then I'm going to sell it that's exactly what I did and that's where I am today I mean what time uh, I mean when did they retire then when did when did they're they're still working no Alan's still working oh he is yeah he still works four days a week oh wow well, I, I mean, it's a, it is a lifestyle, yeah. isn't it? You know, I mean, I, he did like that comment that I made. I said that, you know, when I said I hope to retire in a couple of yeah, years, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I said I, I just want to live my life on my own terms always, he did he did celebrate that attitude. He said to me, I love that attitude. That yeah, is the, the right that's attitude. That's the money, right? That's the money. Yeah. You know, when you make money, that's what money would give you. If you're chasing money, you... You yeah. want to have that lifestyle. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah. And you, you, I think, poo-pooed that. And I said, well, that's because you're a service provider and I'm an artist. <laughs> and he gave me a round of applause. Yeah, that's right. He, yeah, yeah. he gave me a round of applause Honestly. for that. So I must be doing something right if Alan D is saying well you're doing the right thing. So I don't know what it... If someone could just uh, tell my wife that, that'd be much appreciated. <laughs> Does your wife visit to the show? Of course not. No, my, my wife does. Oh, okay. Well, maybe Rex can tell her then. Tell her how lucky she is. Exactly. <laughs> well done. I had the amazing opportunity to do the campaign for Directions Hair Colour. Uh, and it was, you know, it's really nice to see your name and your work up in lights. They had a giant Jumbotron screen with me doing hair and I don't know if you if you never heard of directions they they're responsible for like semi-permanent you know very bright colors neon neon light colors like a crazy color crazy color yeah I, I was told off for calling it crazy color right, because right. it's too close to the rivals name um, you know I always felt like John Cleese in 40 towers I met I you know I think I mentioned the war but I think I got away with it do you know what I mean every time I said you know it's kind of like great yeah but um 
But yeah, I must admit, um, they've got all the monsters, and, and I'm being nice when I say monsters because that's what they call themselves. Um, you Why know, do they call themselves monsters? Just because I guess they celebrate the fact they're freaks. Yeah. You know, they've got the they've got the bonkers hair. They've got the, the all the piercings in their faces. You know, anything goes, and and it's it's, I think it's the Lady Gaga thing yeah, just, because Lady Gaga calls her fans little monsters, little monsters, and I think that generation grew up with Lady Gaga because they're in like their twenty somethings. So I think you know it's a term of endearment calling so, them so, monsters. So, so they're, they're trying to shock to, to an audience that is unshockable. Maybe, maybe. I just think you know we're we're in this age of celebrating diversity and all of that yeah. stuff. So it's how shocking can you go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know. And calling yourself a monster yeah. is going to sort of shock you a little bit. But the colour looked great. I, what do you think of the stand? The stand looked actually, good. Actually, it was very, it was very good. Actually, it was very, very um, eclectic. Right, there, there was no rhyme and reason, but it is. It, but it, it does sort of say what, it's, what it says on it did. It gives you the freedom to express yourself. There was green, there was orange, there was pink, there was all the colours there, right? Rainbow. You didn't see the rainbow, girl, did you? I did, actually. Oh, you did? Okay. Did. Well, she yeah. She hair up, didn't she? No, it's down. Was it down? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to get some pictures and put it on Salonomics uh, Telegram channel, so you can go to a butcher's. Um, but, yeah, I... Um, it gives me an opportunity to update my website, mate, because I've only literally, I've literally done two two shoots this year. Uh, as a session hairdresser, obviously the pandemic kind of killed uh, a lot of creativity this year and everyone had to kind of innovate and do everything online. Um, so to actually brush out, brush off all the, the, the cobwebs would, from would the you, kit... Would you call it monsters, would you? Uh, call what monsters? Your new, uh, the new collection. New collection. Oh, well, that, I mean, I must give a shout-out to my former boss, Eugene. Eugene Silliman's been nominated for the, the British Hairdresser of the Year. And I know Eugene, right? Yeah. Eugene's collection, he hasn't done a collection. I think he's just taken... Have you just sort of spoiled his chance of winning now by mentioning this? Mm, I hope not, <laughs> uh, because, you know, these things are all political, Joe. The winner's already, like, signed yeah. and sealed. Um, but Eugene... Um, Essentially, everyone spends 20, 25 grand on, on doing a collection of eight images and a stage show and a this and a that. If I know Eugene how I know Eugene, he's basically just submitted eight of his tear sheets <laughs> as his competition entry because one of them had a Vogue, Vogue symbol on there. Right, 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 right. Um, you know, so well done, Eugene. Uh, that, in my opinion, that's very innovative get, get nominated thinking. nominated without spending any money. Exactly. Exactly. Brilliant, um, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. So I, I did enjoy that. But apart from that, I've quite enjoyed, quite enjoyed getting together. Uh, we're going to Dom's thing later, aren't we? Are you? Well, he's given us backstage passes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm, I'm going to have to give that one a miss, so I'm afraid. Sorry, Dom. All right, so if you're going to the... Um, oh, hang on, what's it called? Let me get the thing out. Just riff for a minute. I have to riff for a minute. Yeah, just... just, just. I can't so sort is it because I've got as I'm getting older, I find the noise. Yeah, we get out there. What time yeah. is it? Uh, uh, hair show unleashed. What, King's Cross. What time? Uh, doors at seven, starts at eight. Oh. Too late for me. I'm, I'm like, unlike you, I'm working tomorrow morning. Yeah, I know. I've got, yeah. I've got to be in town for eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. 
Alright then mate, well no rest of the wicked as they say. Anyway, that has been a special Salon International 2021 special. Uh, where can they find you Joe? On Salonomics, Telegram and Twitter. Yeah, and I'm Aaron. LinkedIn, and LinkedIn as well. I'm back on LinkedIn. Oh, okay then mate. Uh, you can find me, Aaron Dawn here on Twitter. Uh, if you want to make your retail easy for you and your clients, go and check out gosalon.uk. Go and sign up, stick your business name, your email, and you can join the waiting list to get your own digital retail zone. And also, one more, one more thing, Colombo. Um, if you... Well, this is, you know, we've been going nearly a year now, mate, and we've been very, very lazy on asking people to leave us reviews and likes on their podcast player. So if you would do me and Joe the honour, it really helps get our show out to more people. Uh, we're all about sovereign hairdressing, we're all about taking back control of your career and um, yeah, it really helps. So make sure you leave us a review um, and yeah, I don't think there's anything else I can say but... I think I think I, I actually like to source talk about how the lack of product companies there is here yeah a lack of product companies but that's for another episode I think yeah I do like to talk about this deeply actually it's a, it's a big big uh, game changer in our industry yeah I agree with you my biggest takeaway I told you on day one that was uh, that here attending the show was lots of color companies lots of equipment companies like electrical scissors uh, and what else was there lots of um, hair extensions hair extensions yeah um, not many wet ranges you know um, did we know was there no Tonian guy this year um, I think I did see a Tonian guy I no but saw. certainly no Babilis I don't think I saw a Babilis no. stage no, no um, you know the fellowship no, stage yeah so I interesting by their absence um, so yeah let's let's try and figure out read into that what that means in the next show anyway thanks for listening guys we'll see you soon